0: Welcome to another episode of our Inner Sparks featured stories. I am Lily Yan, your host of this podcast and founder of Our Inner Sparks. We all have so many inspiring women around us in our lives: our sisters, our neighbors, our friends, our mothers, our grandmothers, and our daughters. We need to acknowledge and celebrate each of these women's successes. Let's do that together. Let's use these opportunities as ways to inspire and empower each other and others. Join me to discover, embody, and share our inner sparks. Today, we have the pleasure of meeting Melanie Glassford. She is a loving mother and a seasoned homeschool educator. She's been homeschooling her children for many years. As we are all dealing with COVID-19 situations, I hope the story will give you some practical strategies as many of us are parenting and teaching our children at home. Hi, Melanie. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you so much. It's great to have you join us on our Inner Sparks podcast today. And I'm looking forward to you sharing your wonderful story the story of you home educating your kids, especially now in the COVID situation. I think a lot of people is going to find this very useful. So why don't we get right to it? Let's start with a self-introduction. Who is Melanie? And what do you like to do in your life?
1: Well, I am a homeschooler of 10 years. I have two children, a teenage son who's in grade 11 and a daughter who is in grade 6. I kind of fell into homeschooling. It was a need that our family had, so that has taken up a lot of my time. But I'm also uh, an artist, and I teach all different kinds of classes to homeschool students. I've organized and run different types of co-op schedules, and I help in the community as much as I possibly can. And I also run FLL teams, and uh, am part of FRC as well, which is a first organization for kids in STEM very young all the way through high school.
0: That's so wonderful. So many things that you're involved in and a lot about the education of our children. Why don't we talk a little bit about your journey on the homeschooling? How you arrived at that decision to homeschool your children? Why did you embark on this journey in the first place?
1: It actually wasn't my plan. I was planning to go to work and to uh, have a two income family and be not the primary caregiver of my children during the day. (laughs) But when our son went to school, uh, at the end of grade three, we kind of assessed what was happening. And he was bullied quite severely um, for several years, and it wasn't working for him in the school. He had special needs. He is ADHD and autistic as well, a little bit. And so it really affected how he was able to manage in the classroom itself. At the end of grade three, the school gave him great grades. He was a B and A student. However, he couldn't read or write. And that was very concerning to us, as it would be to anyone. We wanted to know what we could do and how we could make it better. I really did not want to do this. (laughs) I, I went around to every Montessori school, every private institution in our area at the time, I was desperate. I was thinking, okay, somebody else needs to teach this kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, it really came down to the fact that just the cost involved in sending him to a private school was just too much for us as a family. It was hard. It was a shell shocking experience in the first year to really get a feel for what I was doing and what I wanted to achieve. But extremely rewarding. Such an amazing experience. It's never perfect. It's never daisies and happiness and rainbows every day or all the time. right? (laughs) But but it is extremely rewarding. And I have a fantastic relationship with my kids because of it. That's kind of how we started. I actually started going to a conference, a, a homeschool conference in our area. That runs every year. I brought my mother-in-law with me, because she was a retired teacher, to see what this was all about, because I, I really felt like it was off-the-wall kind of idea of how in the world was I going to teach grade four? Like, what is that? <laughs> I, don't have, I don't have any education to define that. So I really wanted to take someone with experience to mm-hmm. kick the tires and, and challenge the speakers and see if it was really something that was viable. Mm-hmm. She's like, okay, I'm gonna be the teacher. I'm gonna drill these people, and she did. She was fantastic. It was brilliant because the answers that they gave her, she was like, oh, that's exactly what I've been trying to do over my career to mm-hmm. embody and to to put into the school system. But there's a lot of challenges with that. So she really actually loved the responses that the speakers were doing at the end. And then we walked into the gym (laughs) which is where all curriculum is sold at a conference Mm -hmm. and if you think of a high school gym that's massive and then every wall every floor every surface is covered in colorful books and materials Mm -hmm. I think after about an hour I just I was standing in the middle of this gym And I was almost in tears because I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. This is so overwhelming and so, so much. Mm. So as I went through this process, particularly over the first year, I realized that I did not want anyone else to go through that same experience. So I offered my services every year from then on to walk with new homeschoolers through that particular conference because it was uh part of our homeschool group they're amazing the kw chia is the group in kitchener waterloo they are absolutely fantastic it's a one-day conference and now i've been speaking at it for about six years now i think
0: amazing uh, about
1: all different challenges and helping educate new homeschoolers or, or sometimes just a refresher for until so there's been bit at it for a while that, you know, needs a little inspiration. Right. I really took it upon myself to make sure that anyone that wanted support would be able to enjoy that experience.
0: That's an amazing journey. I mean, started this journey where you had so many doubts, felt overwhelmed, a lot of challenges that you thought you wouldn't be able to face. But within a year, you were there to support others. What would you say was the biggest challenge that you had to overcome that really then boosted your confidence in this whole journey?
1: Honestly, it probably reflects a lot with other people who are at home right now is when you have your home and it's the place of work, it's the place that you come to relax. It's the interactions that you have with your children all day long. You're seeing and you're in tune with what is happening in your home very acutely you can feel the vibes you know exactly when that toddler is going to lose their mind Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to take that on and there's no walking away from it there's no breaks (laughs) there's just (laughs) it's just constant and you're not getting paid for it i mean your, (laughs) your payment is in the long run seeing how well they venture out into the world but your daily payment is a hug smile yay we finally got through that math challenge I think they really get it now there's not a paycheck so you can't just kind of go oh goodness okay well at least they pay me it it's not like that (laughs) right I knew that what I was doing was important but I didn't know how to express that when people came at me and said well how can you possibly do that there must be you must have certifications You must be having teachers come into your home and check to see that you're doing all these things. In Ontario, there is none of that. It's a beautiful system where we have the right to teach our children and it's our responsibility to teach our children um, at an acceptable level. So the bar when you're a parent is pretty darn high. Like (laughs) You're the one that's focused on what does this child need to succeed in life? And so it becomes pretty consuming. <laughs> yeah,
0: and and like you said, it's the full responsibility. It's not just emotional and it's not only a caretaker perspective, but also now the academic. Uh, and it's that full dynamic and that daily struggle. And I'm sure, you know, you talked about it as in this is a challenge right at the beginning, but I'm sure there are times from time to time you still face that challenge, right? Oh, it, yeah. yeah,
1: it's, constant. <laughs> it's always yeah. a weight because... Uh, I knew that my son was probably going to go into high school. I wanted to make sure that he had all the academic strength underneath him, but also his own strength as who he is as a person, that peer pressure wasn't going to break all of the good work that we had done, building him back up from being bullied for so long.
0: Yeah. And you said he's now in regular high school for a couple of years and doing really well.
1: Yes, it's been kind of funny because when he entered in grade nine and grade 10, he's like, mom, you made me do so much more and learn so much more than I have ever had to do in any course that I have ever done so far. So, uh,
0: so you were a tougher teacher than any teacher he's had.
1: Yeah, basically. <laughs> and I, I took that as a win because I'm like, well, if I can be that tough on you and you take it and you learn from it and you grow from it then you should be able to thrive. And don't forget, I'm still here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's wonderful. I mean, like you said, you've really prepared him for the future. You've prepared him to go a lot further than he probably thought was possible. And it's amazing to hear that through the work that you put in, and because it is not something that just comes naturally, you really worked at it. Through the work that you put in, the kids are flourishing. That's awesome to hear. I'm very impressed.
1: And the beautiful thing about being in Ontario is that there's actually many different avenues to do homeschooling at home through high school and achieve your OSSD. It's a a wonderful system that you could um, go and do all the way through high school years. We chose not to, um, Mm -hmm. but with the condition that if there was any situation that became not conducive to him, that we would find alternate paths. And knowing that we've done it before gave us the confidence this could work. And if it doesn't work, we'll figure it away. Right. Um, there's homeschool communities everywhere, and they're filled with amazing, amazing parents that are involved in their kids' uh, lives. And mm-hmm. they really share their gifts with one another. That is really the foundation that you're able to navigate all the challenges with because there's always gonna be someone that has experienced something that you're going through or can just give you a hug and say, everything's gonna be okay.
0: I love how you just brought that up. It's not just, you're not, when you hear homeschooling, you think you're isolated and it absolutely isn't true. You're in a community that cares, that shares, that truly supports one another.
1: Yes. In Kitchener-Waterloo alone, um, there's over 400 families that homeschool. There are so many opportunities. They have a monthly meeting uh, that you can go to as a parent. They have a website and an email list. So anyone that wants to do a field trip somewhere or just meet up at a park, it gets posted and everyone gets to see. They I also have the conference that they run and support in order to help other homeschoolers all across Canada. They have lots of co-ops and learning groups. Co-ops are like short version of a school day. So in one, there's over 100 kids and the parents are responsible for coming up with six week classes for the age group that they are assigned and that they, they choose to sign up for. And then they run those classes for six weeks and it's half a day. And they always have a gym class and they have some sort of creative unit study type class mm-hmm. and they always have an art. and they divide it up into grades. So it's very similar to going to school where they would be in a classroom with a teacher, but there's the support of all the parents contributing so if there's any challenges with a child or they need their mom or their dad um, it's very easy to access that they're right there if you need them Uh, they might be down in another classroom teaching but they will be there for their child so the kids feel very supported but they also see how many kids in their area are being homeschooled are having that that connection and so it's a beautiful beautiful thing And then on top of that, there's the individual group. A couple of parents might get together and say, look, I really want to do this particular subject and I have a passion for it, but I really hate doing this particular subject. Could Mm -hmm. we trade? So I'll teach your kids this with my kids and you teach my kids this with your kids and we will build each other up together because no one can be expert at everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And together you are stronger. You're now stitching together all the foundations and variety of academic topics or even like artistic yeah. uh, paths. And uh, you're all bringing your own talents into this pool of community. And that's amazing. Beautiful to see.
1: Absolutely. And, and the thing is, is it's, it's kind of funny because when my son was in school, he really didn't have a lot of friends. And they were kind of like forced together because they were in the class. So you, that was your, your friend network. And that was about it. It meant that my kids didn't really have a good connection with a friend, like a true bond of a true friend. It was funny because, it, you know, everybody asked, well, what about socialization? You know, your kids, how are they doing that? They're just with you. Honestly, homeschooling means that they spend so much time in social situations, but they're all situations where they have an interest and all the other kids have the same interest. So they're able to find those spirited connections, those ones that last a long time. And because they're doing things together and exploring something that they're both interested in, that just makes that connection so much easier. And then, with if there is conflict, well, their parents are right there to help, you know, guide and give suggestions and see if there's ways to to improve the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very supportive environment. It helps with that self esteem. That self esteem was was such a hard thing to mm-hmm. build when it's been torn down in children in particular.
0: Absolutely, I mean, it,
1: ha- it happens to all of us, but. From childhood, not feeling like you're a person of worth
0: is huge. Mm-hmm. And I think a critical point you talked about is the kids know that their support is right there whenever it's needed. It, right. So the parents are right there. The friends who they're connected to are right there in this environment. They are supported and lifted. That's amazing. All of these wonderful community things that people probably don't know about homeschooling were happening let's talk about COVID-19. Are these things still happening with COVID-19? And how are you overcoming the challenges with the shutdown as well?
1: This is not homeschooling. This is survival. This is, this does not look like it at all. I mean, from one perspective, we are a little bit in better shape than the average family that's been forced to come home and, and work and, and, live in all the same environment and try and teach their kids but we're by no means the same we're used to being together so that helps with you know general dynamics of the home we're able to laugh and and you know goof around a bit more uh flexibly but the social connection the not being able to play with friends the not being able to go out and and do the activities and all the activities that we would do in a day um is heartbreaking it, it is tough it's kind of funny because it's harder to teach somebody else's lessons than it is to come up and create your own path And so that is quite restrictive in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, Trying to follow what other people have decided may not fit for you to teach it or may not fit your child when they try and achieve it. And so the flexibility that homeschooling has is that I spend months planning the next year and considering the goals in which I want to achieve. With covid the reality is no one is really moving forward in like a ton of education. Right. So we have to give ourselves a lot of grace and a lot of hugs and a lot of just, you know what? Cooking is math. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> yes. so many things. Life skills have value.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: if, if your child knows how to vacuum properly, it will, it will help them in later in life. And these are not things to underestimate. And so, through this process, through this time, uh, my daughter is doing math. That's the one that we, we keep constant. And we read a, a fair amount. And that's part of our, our routine. And it always has been. But other than that, I am trying to get over all of the things that I had in place that I, I really wanted to do with her and come to a, a, a balance because we both need to feel peace we need to feel in this chaotic world a certain amount of peace so giving yourself a whole lot of grace and let all of it go with ah, my son being okay. in high school that's a little different he has some pretty big assignments that are due in the next couple of weeks half of my day is making sure that he, he's on track that he's not going down a rabbit hole staring into that computer and never coming out <laughs> um, so have a routine where, you know, he works for about 45 minutes and then he has to either take the dog out or he has to go for a walk or he has to have a snack and water.
0: Yeah. So you're ensuring that thing. he's getting the balance he needs. I love what you said about that whole COVID situation when I first asked. Um, you said we're surviving. <laughs> and this is a survival situation. It's not homeschooling. None of this is what we expected and what we planned for and hence whatever we can do is good, like to give yourself grace in that. And I think that's, that's good because a lot of us, and I know when I first started this journey on COVID-19 and all of a sudden the kids are home and, and we're thinking, well, how do we homeschool? And like you said, you know, it's almost impossible, right? Like there's a lot of things that are not playing in the same way it used to getting the socialization and community Uh, together during these isolation has been somewhat difficult. Even when you have opportunity to connect online, it's very different. Let's make sure that we're taking care of ourselves.
1: And for younger kids and their parents, I've learned a lot having a child go into high school and see what they actually needed to achieve in their elementary years. And Mm -hmm. it is rather shocking about how little they actually need to achieve to be extremely successful in high school honestly I had two late learners for reading um, right. they didn't start really reading novels until grade five both of them ran into that kind of situation we read tons earlier but they needed time and a lot of people put pressure on themselves like their ch- their child must be able to read at you know at five or you know they put a lot of pressure on this and I kind of I equate it to, you honestly think your child is not going to be able to tie their shoes when they're a teenager. Like, Mm -hmm. it's same application when they read, you just need to give them the time, audiobooks, and, you know, curling up and reading a book with your child, and giving them the time to just hear the written word is huge. It, it, it really makes connections to them. There's all kinds of studies about how that improves the brain's ability to make connections between words that are written and words that they can articulate and read. Having late readers has taught me to give the grace and the time to my children and to keep offering, keep giving, but trust in the fact that they are going to hit those goals. It just may not look the same as everybody else.
0: That's a key. Give them the opportunity. Yes. And then also give them the time to to take their own time and absorb it and develop it. And I agree with you. Every kid is unique. Every child develops differently. And that maybe we can talk about, too, because you have two kids and you mentioned your son and your daughter, you know, in terms of the homeschooling journey, how different are they? (laughs)
1: <laughs> night and day <laughs> night and day <laughs> completely different um personalities completely different uh needs and uh, skills that that change throughout both of them they're very unique people and I love that about them and also it it drives me up the wall <laughs> so <laughs> it's a challenge my son he could pick up a book like a textbook. And that was his place to be. And he would just read the instructions. And I don't think I had to teach math to him from, like, grade five on. Because I just gave him the textbook. And he would read the lesson. If he had any questions, he'd bring them to me. And then we'd circle the questions in the textbook. And it was hilarious because I let my kids write in the textbooks um, if there was space. And they loved that. Like, that was, I get to, like doodle and write and answer questions in the textbook that's Mm -hmm. awesome um and so he was that kind of a kid um Mm -hmm. my daughter though um we have tried many different math programs and courses and now she's doing one that is online that really fits her personality when i was trying to teach the lessons to her in a different way um, she's very tactile. She needs to feel it and see it visually. She needs, to, she needs to get her head around it and be able to mess with it and play with it before she really absorbs the content. So for her, math was painful. <laughs> it was just this, okay, we're going to do math. And we would both, you could see the level of tension building <laughs> in both of <laughs> us going, okay, it's that time of day. <laughs> we're going we're to <laughs> do this. All right, kiddo, you know. Let's, let's get our big girl panties on and, and do this. We can do right. it. And we're a team. We can do this. That was stressful for her a long time. But over time and over finding the right fit for her, doing it online, the lessons are there. They give you hints. They give you ideas of how to do it. But when she still is stuck, I get to be the person that she goes to and show her, well, what about this, honey? I know that you kind of think this way. So how about, does this make sense to you? They may not be showing it that way, but I can show you another way. How do you feel about that? And so I'm able to be a team player rather than um, you must do this.
0: Rather than authoritative, you are collaborative. That's actually a really cool position to be in uh, so that they know you're always going to be there as a team player. I think you mentioned earlier about teaching math through cooking. And I think that is really cool.
1: And I do that with a lot of different things. So even if you look at geography, one year we studied around the world in 80 days and we took the whole year to read the book cause it's pretty heavy. And we did it with uh, a group of, of other kids. So a couple of families together and we charted the path through the story. But as we were charting the path, we would cook uh, different foods from wherever their travels went. We did, we looked on YouTube and saw videos of like tourist locations and, you know, what would it look like to be in that particular place? We did a little bit of, um, because I'm artsy, I really wanted them to see the different art from around the world and what that looked like Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: how it is different everywhere we go. Mm -hmm. And so there was all these different things that we could incorporate. If you looked at it as a curriculum, we were using a novel, a good classic. right? Novel. But we were able to do so many other things and dr- pull them in. And that meant that it mattered to my daughter. It It made the story come to life for her.
0: It made the connection for her. that sounds amazing it made the connection with me just when you're talking about it and I'm like oh I should I should reread the book and do something (laughs) like that that's amazing like I would want to do that um that sounds like fun that sounds rewarding um no wonder the kids are able to learn so much I read a lot of books but
1: I lose my voice
0: (laughs) so um I use audio. you're reading out yeah because as you're reading out loud to them is that what you meant you lose your voice well yes
1: and and so I teach uh, a Charlotte Mason philosophy and there's, there's many different teaching philosophies out there, but mm. I have gravitated to this when it, it makes the most sense to me, it works with my kids and it really gives them the opportunity to explore different things. So we don't have a, a specific curriculum. I have individual curriculums that kind of take a subject maybe um, every so often, but most of what we do is either, hands-on or reading about something and then applying it to um, a context that Mm -hmm. means something to them. And so you incorporate, you don't have to say, well, we've read this book and that book and we've done these things. Like it's not, it doesn't matter. What matters is that they're learning how to explore their interests and figuring out how to teach themselves figuring out how to be lifelong learners, people who all of their life are never going to be afraid to learn something new. If they need to learn it, my kids will know how to find that information and decide whether it has value or merit in the application that they use it. Right, And that is fundamental difference. My kids are not going to rhyme off, you know, dates and times and periods and Mm-hmm. But they are going to have a very strong understanding of how history has shaped society, how we've, we've mm-hmm. grown through it, how we've learned and made tons of mistakes. And that's a good thing. We right. make mistakes and we're going to learn from those mistakes and hopefully not repeat them, which mm-hmm.
0: we do. But it also teaches them to think critically how we can actually make those changes and shape the world that we aspire to live in right? So yeah. that's wonderful. It's making relevance in that context rather than just reading off and memorizing. Um. And
1: and it's amazing how young you can do that. And people are usually shocked, but so every year we pick a Shakespeare play. Mm-hmm. I started this when my daughter was about five, I think. Five?
0: Shakespeare? That's,
1: that's amazing. Shakespeare- Um, five in Shakespeare and people are usually like oh my goodness like why are you why are you teaching her that like it's you know this is a weird thing um but the reality of it is is the Shakespearean vocabulary and the words that are used are fundamental base configurations of our English language it's the same with Latin we've we've done Latin a few times where we're just looking at the root words to see where did it come from where did English come from itself and but with, with Shakespeare, it's quite fun because we, we break it down and everybody gets to, to do a little part of the play um, of conversation. And then over time, even this past year, we were doing Julius Caesar. We had a couple of families do this together. Each family was responsible for a section of the play. And they would make little Lego videos of it. Uh, or stuffies, or they'd use, uh, they'd make these little backgrounds and they would do like three to five minute clips saying the Shakespeare words and using their, their little Lego pieces to act it out. It's just fun.
0: That's a very creative way of teaching place, especially for younger kids. Um, they, they're able to connect with this better and it's fun. It's like you said, it's, you know, learning through doing
1: Taking their favorite book that they love to read or, or one that they really, really want you to read and saying, OK, great. Well, let's let's take a smaller section. Let's not like read through this this book so quickly that we like forget by the time we've got to the end. What the beginning was about. Let's break it down. Let's take, you know, one week between chapters. Let's see if we can explore a little bit. Maybe we paint. Maybe we draw pictures about, uh, you know, our favorite part of that chapter. Maybe we make guesses of what we think is going to happen next in -hmm. our writing. Maybe there's a tea party in it. So let's make a tea party. Let's have some fun. Put it into a context that they can use. And that doesn't take rocket science skills. It just takes being open to seeing what they are motivated by. And the goal here is I put independence, as much independence on them as I can on subjects or content that they are confident in. I don't see the point in having to test them repeatedly over something if they've got the, uh, if they've got the, the answer to it and they, they know how to do it, great, let's move on. Then when they have a challenge, well, I'm going to look at how do they learn best? Are they tactile people? Are they, do they need a YouTube video that really, you know, gets to the heart of things? Or maybe, maybe it's a book that they need, or maybe it's a conversation and, and we just need to talk it out. What they need to help build themselves up over that mountain that they're climbing. Take the time to do that.
0: Right. Um, yeah. So you, you're not only teaching them the context of, and that builds up that, um, area of development, but you're also teaching them a way of learning that's best for them as well, you know, helps them to flourish over time. I, I think then, then they become very confident. That's, that's really cool. To, yeah. um, very individualized, independent learning.
1: Yeah, because we all learn differently. We all have our strengths. So sometimes we're, we are avid readers and we can go through a book and, and really absorb it. But other times we need like a, a, a video to, to really express it. Um, a goal or a, com- a concept to us. Right. And we can yep. do that more effectively. Or maybe it's an audio that we can listen to. There's all these different avenues, but if you don't know which one will be the best help for you, when you're put up against a challenge and then you build another challenge onto it by not using the right, um, right. skills to crack that code, mm. um, you're, you're making it harder on yourself.
0: So, right. You've talked a lot about amazing stuff with the homeschooling, <laughs> you know, studying, like when you're describing it, I'm imagining your kids in your house. Uh, you guys are, you know, learning and studying together, uh, <laughs> having so much fun. I'm sure, however, there are days where you hit the wall. <laughs> How do you handle those things, days when, when that happens? I go on strike. <laughs> um, yeah. To be honest,
1: I do. So uh, the beautiful part about being at home and and being a homeschooler is that I'm able to do a lot of education in a very short period of time. So our days are much shorter than they would have in a school day Mm -hmm. to the point where maybe it's two hours worth of work in a day. But we cover everything and the kitchen sink in that Mm -hmm. two hours. Now, I have one kid that likes to spread that out over the whole day. And I have another kid that likes to just get it done. But when things do not work, and it's usually a relationship thing, not necessarily the work, it's a relationship issue. It's where I am not in, they know when I'm present, when I am in it, when I love what I'm teaching, and I'm excited to share it. And they know when I am distracted, they know when the... The other things that I do in life are taking away from their time. And that is usually, it's, it's always about the relationship. It's how we're communicating together. There are times every year. <laughs> um, basically, when I was telling you about how you know I plan for several months and that's usually over um, April is usually where conference time is. So that's where you tend to buy curriculum if you're going to buy any. And then you kind of plan through the summer and you're really excited. You can't wait you've got all these amazing wonderful ideas awesome I can't wait to start and within a few weeks you're like what was I thinking (laughs) this this is totally not working and you're miserable the kids are miserable you're like why did I even think for a moment that this this you know heavily intensive history program was not going to eat my day (laughs) like why did I do that When it comes to relationships, that's the number one thing. I have learned over the years that I can always catch up on education. I can always, by the end of the year, my kids will be above or at the level that they need to be for the grade. But their relationship, if I break that, no learning is ever going to happen. So I go on strike and I basically say, that's it. I've had it. I am not going to fight with you all day to achieve this magical goal that you really don't care about. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's funny because I just I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to read a book. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to read a book (laughs) or I'm going to go and and make some cookies and you're welcome to join me. But I am we're not doing anything that is um, academic per se. We're, We're just going to work on how we communicate with one another. And build that relationship back up.
0: Love that. I think, I mean, number one, you're showing also how to do self-care, right? And when you hit a point where you are no longer communicating effectively, that's when you need to take time for yourself to slow down and then regroup when you are both ready.
1: Yeah. And depending on the child, um, sometimes that's a week, sometimes that's a month <laughs> it depends yeah. on where because I'm waiting for them to not only ask to start doing work again to, to do their education to be a part of it but I also am requiring them to decide that this is more important to them than it is to me that they have the drive and desire to achieve the goals not me and in that relationship as the parent they know I'm supposed to be the one teaching them. They know that oh, mom is not teaching. That's, that's not a good sign. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it also makes them realize that they need to own and be accountable for their own learning. And until they are ready, no matter how much you are helping them, they're not going to get what they need out of it anyway. So uh, I, that's, that's an amazing lesson to learn in itself. We, we
1: are a team and everybody needs to contribute to the team. And if you are thinking selfishly about yourself, understand that, you know, if you don't vacuum, someone else has to vacuum. It, it's not that it's just magically going to disappear, that someone else in the home is going to have to take that role on. And you're putting more pressure or effort on another individual that you love and care about. And so let's work as a team. There's certain things that, as as a relationship in all four of us, I respect them. They respect me, and we work together. And we're not perfect. There's many, 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 many days that are not lovely. That people would look at and go, "Yeesh, that was a tough one." And
0: but that's the reality. And you and come through it as a team, right?
1: Yes. And and that's the thing is like, there's always that feeling that you're never doing quite enough. There's a hope and a prayer that we've done enough to turn them into the best part of themselves. And they've grown through the experience.
0: And like you said earlier, I think the reward comes from seeing them flourish in the future. And, you know, for your son, you're already seeing that your hard work and your confidence building for independence and individual learning has really helped him to flourish in his current schooling. So that is reward, you know, that as you go along, these are the bits and pieces that you take from this journey that continue to fuel you, right? Because you know you're doing the right things. Yeah. yeah. And
1: my daughter is 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 turning into this amazing woman that I am so excited to see what she does with her her and her soul it it, I mean she is my she is me (laughs) so we we have that that relationship where we're it's always a challenge sometimes between us because we are so similar and so we we push each other's buttons really well but at the same time I absolutely would not take for granted that beauty in itself, the fact that she is willing to challenge me and willing and feels that it's safe to do so, is phenomenal.
0: That actually, especially as a young woman grow up, um, it's actually very critical to be able to speak up, to be able to hold your own, um, and state your perspectives. And that's something very admirable. And you're teaching her that.
1: Yeah, it's actually one of those things that I was most challenged. So, having a son first, uh, it was kind of a piece of cake when it came to expectations of, of a male role and, mm-hmm. and kind of those things and, and, and letting him decide who he wants to be as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter, on the other hand, I realized that subconsciously, in this day and age, even, mm-hmm. we put expectations on our daughters that are very, very limiting. And it's one of the reasons why I started going into First Lego League. I am a pa- paper pencil person. I love art. I have learned to accept technology in my universe. I realized that when my son was growing up, he would approach a challenge and just keep plugging away at it. And he would play with it. And not it didn't hurt his soul to make a mistake, to break it, to have to rebuild it, or to, to challenge himself to come up with another solution. My daughter, though, it was, I don't want to try that because I might fail. I don't want to risk looking embarrassed by not having the answer or doing, uh, being able to solve the problem. I will do everything that I know really well.
0: Mm-hmm. But I will
1: not risk perception of others.
0: right?
1: And I was heartbroken because I'm like, I'm trying to raise kids that equally have their, their freedoms. And I'm realizing, oh, my goodness, I am not doing that. Like, there's something seriously broken. Why is she not embracing it the same way? And I realized mm-hmm. that women and, and females, we approach things differently. Yes, mainly because of our society and the way in which we we have been raised to to approach things. But I think neurologically we actually approach things differently. We we look at challenges, we look at uh, multitasking, we look at different ways of solving a problem, but we're much more reserved before we we take on the challenge. We're cautious, and yes. so I started doing first Lego League, which is a STEM program where you have to build this robot. And you have to program it to run along a mat and things like that. And you also do this project that's kind of like a science fair project, but it's, it's directed at improving the community. So it's solving a real world challenge. Mm -hmm. So I decided when I started this, okay, well, maybe I'll just try a girl's class to see if they might like programming or they might like making robots. And I was horrified by myself because <laughs> all the way up to the night before I'm supposed to be teaching and showing them what a program looks like in this, in this system and a robot looks like, I had procrastinated all the way until like 10 o'clock the night before. I could not get my head around taking that leap into technology. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, paper, pencil person.
0: It's almost like an emotional avoidance.
1: It was, and I was looking at myself, going, "I am a, I'm a strong adult woman. How can I possibly be defeated by this stupid program? Right. What, why is this so hard for me?" And then when I realized, "Oh, wait a minute. Okay, if it's this that hard for me, no wonder young girls." Are challenged by making mistakes. I had all those anxieties and worries, and I'm like, oh my! No wonder they probably feel the same thing. And it was really interesting because I, I did it. <laughs> so the next day, I have the class. There's six girls. They're all standing around this this Lego table and the mat, and they're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. And I'm like, okay. So ladies, I made a program. I don't know if it's going to work. Let's see. So I ran the program and it immediately did not work, and all the girls laughed and I laughed. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it again, didn't do anything. Just moved it into a different spot. It was supposed to like lift a lever or something on on a particular um, model, and it missed the mark. But it flipped and and did something, but it didn't flip the model the way it was supposed to. And we all laughed again. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so should we just stop? Like, because this doesn't seem to work. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's gonna work. It's gonna get better. And so I wanted them to, to feel that the the desire to fail and achieve. And so the yeah. third time we line it up. I asked them, like, okay, where do you think we should line it up? You know what I've written, you see the program, like what do you think? And they put it in and one of the girls, the quietest girl, lined it up. And it perfectly worked. And that was the moment where like all of their faces lit up. It was kind of big moment for me realizing that I really need to work on this with not only my daughter, but myself and anyone, any other daughters out there in the world.
0: Absolutely right. Like failing and not being fearful of the failing, recognizing that when it fails, it's not so scary (laughs) when it actually happens. Like you said, you guys were just laughing. Yeah, you know, you failed. Nothing really happened, right? So okay, well, pick up, pick up the pieces, and keep going. And then eventually, you keep going, you will succeed. And then go through that a few times, and in their experiences, gained this confidence. Great education, It's also great confidence building uh, for these kids. Wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing that.
1: In my life, there's there's certain moments where you. Um, go wow that's that's really changed who I am and you learn so much from kids like it's funny they're supposed to learn from us but honestly (laughs) we we learn a lot from them and that was one of those really big moments for me in my life
0: very nice okay so we've come to the final segment it's called in search of true fulfillment first how do you define success
1: I think it's fulfillment of your inner spirit, the connection that you have with who you are and what
0: life is to you, creating it. Wonderful. Then the second question, what makes you happy in life?
1: Uh, My family's relationships, um, my connection with my husband, um, my faith, my connection with my kids, uh, and nature, just those make me
0: peaceful and calm in my, in my soul. I love that. And, and you display that the way you do education with your kids. So what would you say to everyone, uh, one thing to take away from your story that would ignite and help them harvest their inner sparks?
1: I would say Breathe. Snuggle your children and laugh. Just take, take the time to get to know yourself and get to know the people around you. And through that, I think you will find your own sense of self, your own spirit. Mm. In this COVID world, this is an opportunity to take a break, to breathe and to be to get to know your family in a different way.
0: Yeah, like you said, get to know yourself and then get yeah. to know your family. And it is an opportunity, amazing. Thank you so much, Melanie, for sharing your wonderful ideas on homeschooling as well as philosophy in life. I think it's amazing uh, what you're doing for your children and for your family and for yourself. Uh, I'm sure many will benefit from hearing what you've shared with us and especially now more than ever. Uh, I appreciate you sharing so much insight on uh, in your family's own journey on homeschooling and thankful that you're sharing your expertise with the rest of us. A lot of what you're sharing, I think, you know, you touched up on different approaches and uh, benefits and challenges. We'll be sharing those as well in the show notes. Um, so for people who are interested, they can easily access that. Hopefully can benefit from those information as well thanks again for coming on the show and chatting with me.
1: Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute honor and what you're doing and, and sharing these stories um, just gives a little bit more insight into other perspectives.
0: Right. And uh, honestly, I think you've provided us a lot of Interesting and realistic strategies on learning, and I and I don't think it's just for the kids. (laughs) Honestly, I am listening to what you just said today. Um, I might go off and read books differently now. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you. If you enjoy our Inner Sparks contents, I encourage you to subscribe and follow and share with your friends and family. Your thoughts on this episode is encouraged on all our social media sites, which are listed in the podcast description. If you have any feedback on this podcast, please feel free to email me at ourinnersparks at gmail.com. Should you or someone in your life have an inspiring story you would like to see shared in our network, please feel free to email me with a nomination for future features. Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Inner Sparks, Featured Stories.